I like to talk about the original internet artists, the people who were who first coined the term in a very formal way. If you think about WordPress as a paintbrush and other tools that we use today to create things online, that that's the same as using that tool as a paintbrush to create an artwork online. So a lot of internet artworks, internet pieces are websites, social media pages, things like that. InMotion Hosting empowers you to build and grow websites with all the essential tools you need, featuring a hyper-fast performance from the only web host powered by Ultrastack. Complete with 99.99% uptime, free SSL, one-click application installs, and a free domain for a year, yes, a year, rest assured knowing your website is secure and managed by friendly 24-7 human support. Go even further with their managed WordPress hosting platform. All plans are fine-tuned to deliver superior performance, security, and scalability. Build and launch a WordPress site in record time with their free page builder and professional themes, or transfer an existing one with free migration tools. Start your next WordPress website with InMotion and experience hyper-fast load times and unparalleled performance. Plus, you'll receive free lifetime SSL certificates, automatic backups, and unlimited bandwidth. Visit mattreport.com slash in motion. That's mattreport.com slash in motion for your free web hosting consultation right now. Mattreport.com slash in motion. Thanks for supporting the show. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Matt Report podcast. Special guest today, Rachel Winchester, product designer at Digital Cube, and a whole heck of a lot more as we're about to find out. Rachel, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm happy to be here. Now, you say you're maybe like an excited nervous right now. I think we connected because you had tweeted out you wanted to be on more talks, more maybe webinars, podcasts. Is that true? Am I getting that right? Yes, I, I do love talking and giving presentations and podcasts. It's a fun, it's a fun nervous that comes. It's what an excited, the, it's excitement. What, what was the uh, impetus behind that? Are you just like largely looking to get your name out? You've recognized it as like a good brand building exercise because I think a lot of people also want to do the same thing, but maybe are even more nervous to even put that out into the world. What was that for you? I do think it's it's mostly for brand building, but also it's just something I enjoy doing as a 20-something-year-old trying to gain more business skills and level up in my career. I, I find that presentations and podcasts are like the good kind of challenge that I like. There's a lot of cool stuff going on with user experience design. There's a lot of cool stuff going on with internet arts, and there's a lot going on at Digital Cube where I work. So there's a lot of content. Uh, for me to put out in the world in some way, shape, shape. I definitely love impromptu, these kind of like improvised podcasts uh, rather than reading from a script because that's uh, less work before time. <laughs> yeah, it's also very challenging for me. I can barely talk, never mind read and talk at the same time. Exactly. Your website is visualwebmaster.com. Fantastic domain, first of all. If I could just pause and say, when did you register that? Oh, before I really knew what a webmaster was in the formal sense. <laughs> so maybe, maybe three years, maybe wow. four years ago. Wow. Uh -huh. I can't believe that was available that short time ago. Yep. Yep. Unless you paid like <laughs> $50,000 for it. No, I did not. Okay. Visualwebmaster.com. Uh, you can go there to see your body of work or most of the body of work that you have available online. Let's just talk really briefly. 6.0, I haven't even really had a chance 
WordPress 6.0, I should say, I haven't even really had a chance to dive into some of the improvements. I'm going to put you on the hot seat for a second. As a product designer, what's the good and the bad of WordPress these days that that you're willing to talk about publicly? Something that really is a, a thorn in your side with WordPress, but maybe something also you really love, perhaps even full site editing that you really love about WordPress. Well, I I love the community that comes with this open source software and how the community comes together. I feel like everyone is rallying behind full full site editing and a lot of people are getting into the make WordPress Slack and helping out with the open source project. And a lot of people are contributing content uh, on YouTube or on the learnwordpress.org so, so that the whole community can level up at the same time and figure this out. And a lot of people are are happy to see how fast the the site editor is improving. I think a lot of people recognize the value of creating a, a really pleasant user experience for a no code no code tool native to WordPress. So I'm I'm just very excited and happy with the community and how the community is coming together to work and iterate on this on this product. I'm a loyal Elementor user. I have made one full site editor website with a demo website. I think there were three pages, but I'm a pretty loyal Elementor user, which as is, it's is a is a full site editor, but it's a, a separate page builder that you add to WordPress and you got to pay for and all this stuff. So I I'm happy to see that more people will have access and be included in a tool like that. So as the the full site editor improves over time, I'd say it's about like a preschool in preschool right now. And compared to Elementor, it's got its PhD maybe onto its second. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great analogy. How long ago did you get into WordPress and when did you start using Elementor? Was it the same time shortly thereafter? I uh, I got into page builders and Elementor maybe a couple years after getting into WordPress. So I did uh, fumble around with themes quite a bit. I built, I think, two websites playing around with themes and, and looking through the theme ecosystem. I wasn't freelancing at that point. It's hard to monetize from the very beginning, but I was just building hobby sites and I was searching for a free thing. And then once I discovered the WordPress community and attended my first meetup, I learned about so many more tools in this ecosystem and learned about page builders for the first time. So I, I, I tried another page builder that had a a free version before Elementor, but it was a little glitchy. So I, I ended up moving to Elementor for the next site, probably mm. because it was, it, it seems, seemed to be at the time the most popular and most reliable, but also because Elementor also has a free version. Mm. And, and do, you, do you remember roughly what year you got into WordPress and, and using Elementor? Yeah, I created my first site immediately after graduating from college. It was, it was an idea I had in my mind all a senior year. So the second I turned in my thesis, rocked across the stage and got my diploma or my, what is it called? Degree. <laughs> I um, went home, took my graduation money and got some premium hosting and started building a site. But then two, day, two years later, so I graduated in 2017. So I started with WordPress in 2017. And then it was around 2019 when I started using page builders. Awesome. Yeah. I, I I don't take offense to this. I put you in the young crowd of WordPress, right? Because the, there are so many people that hadn't experienced like the pain, the absolute pain of the, the designing and customizing WordPress sites from, you know, when I started and when even people before me had started. And Elementor 
has been love it or hate it, or you think WordPress is going one direction, Elementor is going another, it onboarded and helped a ton of people, myself included, to realize the potential of WordPress. In our pre-interview, you said, Word, I'm just pulling a quote, you said, WordPress is a paintbrush. Do you lend or do you contribute that statement to like the tooling that Elementor gave you or or is there something about WordPress that sort of uh, pulled that out of you, WordPress as a paintbrush? Oh, so that is actually the title of my talk that I have given, I think, a couple times before and plan to give a few more times at coming WordCamps. But I named the, the talk WordPress as a paintbrush because WordPress is a tool that people can use or and are using to manipulate the medium of the internet. Mm. So WordPress is a paintbrush, Elementor is a paintbrush, Squarespace is a paintbrush, Facebook, Facebook can be a paintbrush as well. Um, the, did I uh, answer it, your question? Yeah, it does. <laughs> is there something that you see Elementor and, because now we have Gutenberg, we have, we've had Gutenberg for a while now. We have full site editing more recently. One would say, well, maybe WordPress is trying to play catch up to Elementor and Elementor's like far ahead with all of the tools and let's say the bells and whistles and whatnot. As a product designer, how do you see these two crossing paths or going in two different directions? Is one better than the other in terms of a strategy that you see as a product designer? Like should WordPress do it one way and be adamant about that way because it's WordPress and same for Elementor. Elementor, keep doing it this way because, hey, you're Elementor. You, you do it. You have a particular brand or you have a, dif a different approach to building websites. As a product designer, where do you see these two paths? That's a great question. I think about a year ago, there was talk that Elementor could move in the direction of an all-in-one tool, kind of like Squarespace. And that would mean removing itself from the WordPress ecosystem and therefore becoming a competitor. And then there was a talk that Elementor ceased to exist and the people who work there will just end up working at WordPress or Automatic or the the infrastructure and the, the tools that they created at Elementor will somehow be absorbed by native WordPress, which those are some interesting conversations. <laughs> but recently I've been back to the Elementor website and noticed that there's a new cloud hosting, which pretty much means that we get there right now. Elementor. Yes, they call it. Maybe they just call it Elementor Cloud, right? Yes, Elementor Cloud, cloud website. So on their pricing page, there's the plugin option, which is the original option, the option that I'm still using. But there's also now the cloud website option. And if you look at the details of this page, they hide WordPress. They don't completely, it doesn't disappear completely. It is mentioned on the page. It is in as a CMS feature, but it's, they're mentioning all the other features that come with Elementor first. And then considering that it's, it's a cloud website and they're offering hosting in addition to Elementor and WordPress, that means you are using the Elementor interface, the, the same interface for hosting and for WordPress. Um, WordPress, the dashboard itself is pretty intimidating. And WordPress as a software is, it has almost too many features. So, so it can be pretty intimidating to people who are attracted to a no code page builder. And in addition to that, serving servers and hosting and figuring all of that out, 
that is even more intimidating <laughs> to people new to websites or people who just who just want to build a site and are interested in that no code experience. So I think this is a very a very good move on their part to offer this cloud website option. Considering I, I work for a, a hosting company, I don't have a reason to really look into this option, but I am curious what, what the interface looks like and what their experience is. So I, I might fiddle around with an Elementor cloud website just, just to test it out. I know it's really hard to pull out the crystal ball to predict this, but do you, do you have a gut feeling at all that, well, maybe Elementor will just exit plugin, uh, WordPress plugin capabilities and just go straight to the cloud in the future? And if so, do you think that's just the smart route they should take? Wow, that is a very hard question. That would be, <laughs> I, when would that even be? Maybe at least five years from now? What do you think? Uh, yeah, if they keep getting cash, raising cash and capital, they, they could probably get there faster. But I'm sure it would be a pretty hard repositioning of their brand, right? To now say, like, we don't do that anymore. We're purely SaaS. But it could be where they just shift their sights on going from WordPress to now we compete with Wix and Squarespace and try to fight that battle. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think a lot depends on what's going to happen in the WordPress ecosystem and, and that WordPress market share. If, if if that as a CMS tool is going to become more favorable or less favorable by people using the tool in the future. There was, I think, some recent news about how it, WordPress decreased in market share by what seems like a small percentage, but maybe it's not actually small. And people are like, like, what, just going crazy. They don't know what's, what's going on and why. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I think that uh, that market is as volatile as the stock market right yeah. now, honestly. <laughs> What, what was your gut reaction? Did you did you feel nervous about WordPress at all? You're like, yeah, we're already so big, 0.4%. Maybe it's not the end of the world. I I think I'm, I, I, I don't know. I, as you said, I'm kind of new. I'm kind of new here, definitely new in the space. And everything has always been changing fast for me. Yeah. So I you, think I'm just, I'm just used to things uh, changing and don't really know what to expect. You said something when you said you graduated and you immediately went out and, and got premium hosting. I'm curious to understand if at the time you knew to get premium hosting, because I think a lot of people new to WordPress just go for like the, the, the most affordable plan possible, only to realize that once they start putting all the tools into WordPress, like an Elementor, like membership plugins, or let's say WooCommerce or something like that, they don't realize that they actually need uh, premium hosting to keep up with the demand of all of that software overhead. How did you know to go for premium hosting or did you, did you just do the research and that's what you found? I actually just followed what some friends told me to do. I had a friend who majored in computer science and was getting into web development after graduation and he recommended WordPress. I did try the free version, free hosting somewhere or maybe the wordpress.com hosting. But whatever I was trying to do with this site, I was essentially trying to make a social media website where people can log in and talk about art. So adding that kind of functionality to whatever site I started with, it wasn't working. So I got on WordPress support and the support person, the customer service agent pointed me in the direction of Pressable, which mm -hmm. I guess might be their partner mm -hmm. automatics or maybe WordPress's kind of partner hosting service. Again, I'm very new to all this and kind of had extra money from graduation, not really knowing what hosting costs or how much I should be spending. I just spent the money. 
Um, yeah, that's... But yeah, a couple years later, I was very happy that I ended up with Pressable and, and kind of premium managed hosting. Being in the community, community and hearing other users' kind of frustrations mm -hmm. with servers and all that and, and trying to work with Elementor, which is a very large plugin on, on kind of a cheap serving provider. I bring it up because, and maybe you've experienced this with other friends or colleagues, I bring it up because a lot of the blame that people have, uh, especially people who are non-technical. So in my local community, I, I, I mentor at, a, at a, an accelerator for small businesses and people starting out like sustainable businesses in the area. So small like farmer market type people or small bakeries, whatever. And I help teach the web class and I've been doing it now for five, six years. And man, no one ever wants to touch WordPress because they, they've always had a bad experience with it. And they always cite the things that are actually the host problems, like slow speed, can't get a hold of support, hacked websites, which is, uh, you can share the blame on that one. But a lot of it goes to blaming the infrastructure of WordPress, of where they're hosting the site. Do you see that in maybe your local community of friends and colleagues? And do you say, no, just pay for the better stuff <laughs> for a better experience? Yes, yes. Obviously, I try to see where they are coming from. If it's a small personal project that doesn't have a budget versus someone with a startup or a new company and they're, they have a marketing budget and they need things to, to work from the beginning. I do try and push them towards premium hosting, push them towards just paying more money, a little bit more money up front, just to have a reliable service, but also access to premium support because that's just as important as like a reliable platform. And of course, I have to plug uh, Shifter and our static site generators. Shifter was the first static site generator in the WordPress ecosystem back in 2006. And that's made by Digital Cube, which is the company I work for. I have been learning about static sites and Jamstack and, and its benefits for WordPress, especially security and speed, but as well as the price. So sometimes I'll put on my uh, salesman hat and, and try and sell them on, on Shifter. But often that's just a, a better option for, for people. You can find that at getshifter.io. In a moment, I wanna talk about this residency program as well. But one of the notes that I have, again, from our pre-interview is all I wrote down was intrapreneur. Did we talk about that as maybe like an introvert entrepreneur or did I mix my- In intrapreneurship. So it is like an entrepreneur within a larger company. Oh, okay. Yeah. Explain that to me. Is that is that from? Uh... It's it's definitely part of the culture here. When I started working here, I learned about our personal projects. So every employee has the option to pursue a personal project, which is it's something it's something productive and something that relates to Digital Cube and your work at Digital Cube, but doesn't necessarily need to be your everyday job. So, for example, uh, Jason, the other product designer on my team. His personal project was to build Galaxy, which is an open source design system that anyone can download from Figma. And it's it incorporates React and it's, yeah, it's just a great resource, open source resource, free for anyone to download. And he spent maybe a little over a year putting that together. And then after it was done, it was later incorporated into everything else going on at Digital Cube. So the Galaxy mm. style system is is everywhere in our work. So entrepreneurship is is doing your own venture, your own, having your own enterprise within a larger company and something that you can you can do solo and and like spearhead 
but also it benefits the company at large. And um, is that is that how you got into launching this residency program? Yes, yes. I it was <laughs> hearing that that employees have that option at Digital Cube. It was definitely a perk, uh, a reason to to sign on. I had this idea for a while, and it's just cool to to start it somewhere in a company that that has resources and support and can support me during this project. But also, it was just it's just fun working on it with my teammates and getting them excited and getting them eager to help out and get more involved. So it is an entrepreneurship project, but it's it's now our our team team project. It's fantastic. We in the blog post, which I'll link up in the show notes uh, for the podcast. This is Internet Art at Digital Cube. What's Internet Art? I think that there might be a portion of people listening to this now going, I know what Internet Art is. I just bought an NFT. <laughs> uh, it is not that. It is not just that, maybe. Can you help us uh, define what internet art is to you? Yes, internet art is ubiquitous because the internet is everywhere and it's everything and art is everywhere and everything. So I'll explain kind of the interpretation as we see it today in 2022, but really the history of it, which I think is a better uh, way for you to understand it. So internet art is art that uses the internet as a medium. So if you think about WordPress as a paintbrush and other tools that we use today to create things online, that that's the same as using that tool as a paintbrush to create an artwork online. So a lot of internet artworks, internet pieces are websites, social media pages, things like that. Um, I like to talk about the original internet artists, the people who were who first coined the term and and in a very formal way organized themselves around this idea. So back in night in the early 1990s, maybe around 1993-94, when the internet was first reaching the public. So before this it was already been being used by the military, maybe some select corporations, but it was first reaching the public. Not even the New York Times was online. But there were artists who were incredibly excited about this new novel medium and immediately hopped online and started making artworks. One, I think, pretty illustrative example is this piece called Grammatron. It's G-R-A-M-M-A-T-R dot com. And it is hypertext literature. So Grammatron is a website that contains an entire epic novel told through hypertext, which is links. So he only, he pretty much used the, the medium of HTML to construct an entire epic novel that tells the story of this, like, um, the cyborg spirit going through the internet world. And it's very, it's very interesting. But because links were new and novel and, and hyperlinks were were very new. The the literature format that he created and the story that he created was very interesting and novel and conceptual. So you read a paragraph intro and there are a few links that you can click on within the paragraph to go to the next section. So depending on which link you click on, you're progressing through the story in a certain way. So everyone has their own experience consuming this artwork and and reading the story. I you've, have not you've melted the brains of people who who only know NFTs from like two years ago. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, this started like thirty five years ago. They can't even believe it. <laughs> that art was being mm -hmm. produced right when the internet mm -hmm. started. 
yeah, using uh, whatever tools they had at the time. There is another piece called, I think it's just called, uh, the domain name is www.jody.org. <laughs> Jody is an acronym of the artist's name. It's an artist duo, but that piece is also made just with HTML and a little bit of CSS. And it is, it's, it's kind of nonsensical. You just see all these like links and neon colors and, and words and numbers, and you just click around and the, and then the page will change and you click somewhere else and the page will change and the images just keep changing. And sometimes they get scary and sometimes they get relaxing and sometimes they get, uh, who knows, but depending on where you click on the screen, you have a different experience moving through this artwork. And it's been described as internet poetry. That's the term that I see a lot in writings on this piece. That's fantastic. And and I, I don't know if this is the right phrase to say, but you lead this uh, residency to help see the charge forward with it. And, and how's that all going with recruiting people to create art uh, to showcase within the program? So there hasn't been too much of a drive for recruitment yet. We kind of, we've only published the blog post to kind of put a feeler out and see how people respond, what kind of questions they have and what kind of curiosities they have. We're also, the team is very busy with a word camps this summer. Mm. So we've kind of had to put some things on hold so we can pour all of our energy into that. But yeah, we'll be gathering a lot of feedback. If anyone has any questions on it or some feedback on the residency program, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. But in the future, we do plan to move some of our research to a website, maybe create a application form, but add a lot more to the program. And let's just talk about your local community. You're in the Philly area. There's a couple of programs that you wanted to mention from our pre-interview. There's a lot of people into WordPress in the Philly area. One of my good friends, Brad Williams, runs Web Dev Studios. There's a pretty strong presence there. I know a couple of other agencies in the Philly area. Uh, I think Philly does WordPress pretty good. What, what else do you have going on in the Philly area for WordPressers or for people like product designers, et cetera? What else in the Philly area? Um, I think you, you said something about Philly chais, a bunch of UXers. Oh, yeah. Philly is, is definitely becoming a big tech. Philly Chai is, is a great organization. I've done some events with them. They are uh, computer human interaction. So Philly Chai is C-H-I. Uh, and it's essentially a bunch of user experience designers coming together, learning from each other, sharing opportunities and all that. So that's a big community. There's also just a lot of really awesome agents around Think Company is a great design agency and Digital Cube. We're opening up our LabWorks design agency soon. There's also Yikes is great. I don't know yep. if Ebony Butler, she worked mm -hmm. pretty hard on in WordPress core and is another big community leader, but she was at Yikes and there's a lot of other just community leaders at that agency. What else could I say? I, what I love about Philly is that it's a huge college town, which means that there's a lot of young people getting into tech. And, and looking for jobs and then staying in Philly. Drexel is, is a big tech school and, and they're doing a lot for the scene. Yeah, there, there's a lot I could, keep, I could keep going on. And shout out to the other word, Philadelphia meetup hosts, Kevin Cristiano. He is an OG in, in, in the WordPress community. And Amy Letson just 
one of the best um, people you can ever have around and just it's very knowledgeable and accessibility. Yeah, my one of my good friends, she runs uh, the co-working space at work out of and she went to school. She's an artist, like in the true truest form. Like sometimes I joke that I'm an artist because I publish a foolish podcast. <laughs> uh, I publish many of them and I consider it my body of artwork. But she's a true artist. She does all kinds of sculptures and crazy things that I can't even describe. But she runs also the co-working space, which has, I guess, like a residency program. where She brings artists in, they display their work and they work there and all this stuff. But she, the whole point of that rambling was that she went to school in Philly for art, question mark. I don't know what, what she went there for, but she absolutely loves Philly um, and always talks about it every time uh, she has a chance to. Rachel, anything else you want to uh, inform the audience of? Anything else that you're anywhere else you'll be speaking at? Any other podcast appearances? Any words of advice for maybe freelancers out there on the product design space? For freelancers, stay in the WordPress ecosystem. That's I thought you were going to say I stay find. in school. Keep, keep learning. Yeah. The school is, is, is a contentious subject, I think, but definitely keep learning. YouTube University is sometimes enough. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But stay in the WordPress community. I think the WordPress community is very diverse, which means that you can find a lot of people to do projects with people who have skills that you don't have and who need you to work on work on something with them. It's a it's a great place for networking and a great place for opportunities. I have this joke that so hot dog people have to hang out with bakers who make buns because if they only hang out with other hot dog people, they'll just be a bunch of wieners. <laughs> So the WordPress community, we are some we are some great hot dogs. We've got we've got buns, we've got wieners, we've got all the condiments, all the things you can imagine. Every everyone is represented in the WordPress community. Now I know what the cold open will be for this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for making that for me. Rachel, uh, thanks for hanging out today. Where do you want folks to go to find you to say thanks? Tweet at you, go to your website, go ahead and, and pitch wherever you want folks to go to say thanks. Uh, yes, so my website is visualwebmaster.com and it's the same Twitter handle, so at visualwebmaster. I also in the intercom support for Shifter. So if you want to try out a static site on Shifter, we have a free trial and you can ask me for help in the, in the little chat. Aside from that, I'll be at WordCamp Europe and WordCamp US and I will also be speaking at WordCamp Montclair, along with my teammate, Dan, Dan Olson. That's fantastic. Sounds like WordCamp Europe is going to be pretty fun in Portugal. Wish I could have gone, but I have an all hands for my company out in Chicago next time. Maybe I'll make it to WordCamp US. I don't know. Usually that's when I'm taking a vacation with a family, but we'll see. Rachel, thanks for hanging out today and sharing all of this great knowledge with us. Everybody else, mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Hey, and if you want to join a community all about WordPress news, head on over to thewpminute.com. It's our weekly five minutes of WordPress. It happens every Wednesday. The podcast is actually going out in about 15 minutes <laughs> as of this recording. And support the show. Support both shows by going to buymeacoffee.com slash mattreport. Support the show for as little as $5 for a virtual coffee. Or join the membership for $79 a year. Until next time, we'll see you in the next episode.